Morning. How we doing? Good? Great, Jonesy. Thank you. Somebody's got to, you know, get us going here. Um, let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians in the New Testament, one of Paul's letters. And uh, as you're turning there, I want to commend you on your singing. Uh, you know, it. don't underestimate the witness of singing. It's a sign of a healthy church if they sing <laughs> with not just uh, their voice, but really singing is your whole body engaged in worship to the Lord. So when I hear that, when I hear you guys singing like that, um, it's powerful and it, it tells the world, it tells anybody who doesn't know Jesus that uh, there is a relationship between us, that we truly love him and it's worthy of our whole body worshiping in song, even if we don't really like our voice, uh, we're still willing to use it for the Lord. So, read with me Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. This is God's word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart as I preach would be pleasing in your sight that it would be an act of worship for me to preach and an act of worship for this, your flock, to hear from the chief shepherd through um, a humble, often feeling uh, unworthy to be your under-shepherd, but Lord, help me to be faithful. And may you work that which is pleasing in your sight in us for we want to make it our aim to please you whether we are here or we are home with you. Um, so would you continue to uproot those things that do not bring you glory and do not bring us joy in our lives. By your grace and power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Continue walking through what the historic Christian tradition has thought of as capital vices or sources of many sins and vices. Uh, they are core habits of your heart that branch off into many other sins and destructive behaviors. Um, it's important to remember that for each of us, there are particular sins that are more attractive than others. I think we feel that in our lives. Uh, every temptation is common to man, that's true. But then there are certain things that's just a little easier for me to renounce and say no to and things that are harder to say no to. Um, Satan, if you want to think about it this way, has kind of a sin package that he's selling to each of us. Uh, he knows where we're weaker. He knows where we're more vulnerable. Um, things that tempt our pride and tempt our flesh to a greater degree. I think it's good to be aware of that. Um, both so that when you come to the Lord for grace and help, you can be more specific and you know yourself. I know that this is an issue. I know that this is a struggle. Lord, please help me. But also in terms of patience. 
that especially if it's something difficult for you personally, it's probably going to take more time to unwind in your life. And so be patient with the Lord. Be patient with yourself. Uh, There are certain things that um, will just be besetting for me until the day I die. And I have to keep fighting, but they'll be there. And I will see growth by God's grace. Expect that. Um, But also patience. So we arrive at greed today. Ready for the bloodbath? As I was preparing the sermon, I'm in the middle of writing it. I paused to post my resume on pastorseekingjobs.com. No, I, I challenge you guys. I bring these things to you because I care about you. I love you. I want the best for you. Hope you know that. I think this is an underestimated vice. Um, I'm, I'm not greedy because it just kind of sounds icky, doesn't it? It's just icky. Like, greedy? Really? I mean, maybe some of these other things I might, might be slothful, but greedy. Not like big pharma greedy. That's not what you're saying, is it? Because I, I don't like being compared to them. I don't want to be in that same category. It makes me uncomfortable. Or, or we don't really think we're greedy because we aren't rich. We don't have that much money. I mean, don't you have to be rich in order to be greedy? No. No. I'm not taking baths in my money. I'm, I'm, I'm simply middle class at most. I can't be greedy. It's also underestimated because I think most of us have been taught from an early age that money is a big deal. It's a big deal. You need to earn it. You need to save it. Spend it. Money is life. If that's the water you're swimming in, if that's the air you're breathing, you may not think there's anything wrong with you, and there may be something very wrong with you. Because you have let the culture around you define what is good and what is not. And you don't know. A fish doesn't know it's in water until it's outside of it. So we need the Word of God to inform us. We need the Word of God to shape us, not necessarily just what we're used to or what we were taught or what, how I grew up or what I'm used to, what's normal. I think culturally, especially in uh, America, greed is easy to justify. I'm just being wise. I'm just working hard. I'm just taking care of my family. I'm just planning ahead. Are you saying I shouldn't plan? It's, it's deceitful. So we want the Lord to deal with us today. We want to be shaped and informed by the standard of Scripture, which is, this is why we call it the canon of Scripture. It's the, it's the measure. It's the mark. It's what we measure our lives against, not necessarily what's normal. So first the problem of greed and then the solution. problem. Simply put, greed is the pattern of caring too much about money and possessions. Greed is the pattern of caring too much about money and possessions. Whether you have a lot or a little, whether you're a saver or a spender, whether you're seven years old or 77 years old, your mind, your heart is focused on finances. 
You're focused on it. 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving. Did you hear the, what, what kind of words are those? Love, craving. Not about how much money, not about whether you're a, a spender or a saver. No, not, it's not just spenders who are greedy. It's a focus. It's a desire. It's a want. It's a fixation. It's a that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Greed brings pain into your life. Greed brings burdens. It brings anxiety. It brings selfishness. It ruins relationships. It destroys peace with God. It keeps you from the joy of generosity. It's a mess. It, it, it will get, the poison will seep into so many areas of life. So many pangs that you pierce yourself with because you're focused and you care too much about money and things. How does it show up in your life? Lots of ways, surprising ways. Let me give you a few. How much do you think about money? Every week, how many hours would you say are thinking about getting enough money, having enough money, keeping enough money? What happens if you lose money? How much do you talk about money? How many conversations do you turn toward money or something related to money? Oh, my gosh. It's just so expensive, you know. I can't believe this. We're worried about our savings. Just keep having to dip into it for this and that. And I'm just concerned. I'm worried, you know. We, we work so hard to get there. Something as simple as somebody compliments you. Oh, I like your shoes. Oh, thanks. I got them half off. At a garage sale, on the must-go rack. Well, I just say thank you. Yeah, I like them. They're cool. It feels virtuous. We virtue signal caring about money. Because we think that makes us look better, virtuous, because we're very concerned. We talk about it. Just Listen. Jesus' teaching is that whatever you think about a lot and whatever you talk about a lot reveals the treasure of your heart. It's pretty devastating, but it's true. That's how you know. Greed shows up in how intense you get about money, how emotional, how angry. Um, I've seen it in churches. I've seen it in our church at times where... You're having a discussion, you're going along, you're talking about this and that and important things, not, you know, trivial things. And everybody's calm, everybody's respectful, and then you touch on something related to money. And boy, everybody's chili gets real hot. It's like, what just happened? Is that a coincidence? Maybe, maybe I care too much about money. 
Because these other things that are weightier matters of the kingdom of God, I don't get emotional about. I don't get angry. But when I touch on something with money, look out. I'm hot. How intense do you get? What do you get intense about? Greed shows up in thinking of things as mine. It's mine. I earn that money. I work for that money. I'll do what I want with my money. Occasionally we hear it from our kids. Coming up through the floorboards. Um, a blood-curdling scream. That's mine! Hmm. Hmm. It's very hard to share or lend what you view as your money, your car, your house, your toys, your tools, your Tupperware. It's my Tupperware. Give it back. It's mine. It's my stuff. I earned it. I bought it. But then you bump into Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. Oh, <laughs> that might be a game changer. Is anything really mine? Greed shows up in stinginess. You save the most and best for yourself. Uh, kids, kids, I need your attention. When you race to the front of the line in front of everyone else to get your food first, that's greed. When you take the biggest helping for yourself, that's greed. When you take the best helping for yourself, and you know what I'm talking about, there's some soggy fries and there's some crisp fries, and you leave the soggy ones for somebody else. I want the hot crisp ones. And you kind of do it subtly, like, like mix them a little together so no one thinks you did that, but you know you did that. That's greed. When you're willing to be last, the last one to put food on your plate, and you want other people to enjoy the best, you're free. You are free from greed, and you are enjoying the generosity of the gospel. Adults, <laughs> I think you know when you save the most and best for yourself and your family. And everybody else gets the leftovers. I'm not going to go into examples, but you know. You know in your heart when you just, just you build that little fence, we're going to get ours, and then maybe. I really want this for me, but you can have this. I don't really want that that much. You can have it. In the gospel, Jesus puts you first and himself last. He gives you the best as he took the cross. You could be first in the kingdom because he made himself last. We are to reflect that. That is the nature of the kingdom of God. And when we don't, when we don't, we witness to something that is not true about God, and that's serious. How about stinginess in the church? You don't tithe your first fruits. Maybe if you have something left over at the end of the month, you give it to the church. If you remember. 
Well, I forgot. Well, I didn't remember. You know, it's interesting. You made sure a lot of other financial priorities were taken.